the tales of the Greeks. I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where Gary and I are finally covering good comic books. We're no longer punishing ourselves <laughs> with stuff from the late 80s to early 90s, Gary. We're back with, with good comic books. Comic books that don't, uh, there aren't caveats. For. Yeah. This like is you, just... don't, I, I, you don't have to be like, oh, you know, the pacing was different back then. And, oh, you had to take some joy in looking at the goofy costumes and stuff. Like these costumes aren't the best costumes in the world, but you can take this seriously and it's fun. Yeah, it's you a know? it is a well written, well drawn comic book with an interesting story, and then and does cool X Men stuff. Like it's yep. it's it's the basic package of everything you want out of an X out of an X book. And uh, but we're we're covering uh, Uncanny X Force by Rick Remender. Uh, just to, <laughs> probably should have said that earlier. Um, and we're gonna do all thirty six issues. Uh, for folks that might be jumping on, because I feel like this is going to be a good jumping on point. I might like pitch this into yeah. the internet as a good jumping on point. Um, so we had just gotten off the back of uh, the Marauders Mutant Massacres, Mutant Massacres where the Marauders killed a bunch of Morlocks, and uh, that's where Angel gets converted into Archangel. And we followed that up with uh, some more Archangel stuff. And then we said, hey, you know what would be fun? More Archangel stuff, but good. <laughs> and so we here love we are. Archangel over here. Uh, we don't actually, but this is a good Archangel. Like what, what happened to Archangel is cool and interesting. Uh, just the comics that they're in, some of them are rough to read. Uh, this is more cool and interesting. Uh, I, people get very, like, I, I get nostalgic for old comics Mm -hmm. and stuff like comics. I read as a kid, um, comics have undeniably gotten better though. Like as time has gone by, I I don't think there's really much of an argument that like modern comics just read better and are better absolutely you know yes, 100%. uh 100 you know i i i'm not a uh you always you don't want to turn into like a crusty old grognard who only likes old stuff you know in, in in any medium and uh with comics it's real easy not to do that i think yeah um know. although man people sure do get mad about mario <laughs> so I, the, <laughs> people get weirdly nostalgic about voice. mario he uh, didn't do it. It's just his doing his voice. He he. Chris Pratt called a shot. He's like, people are gonna be amazed when they hear this. Like I'm just, doing work that no one's ever heard before. And he just came out. And he's like, what is this place? It's literally <laughs> just just confused Andy from the uh, from Parks and Rec. The fuck. Yeah, Dude, it's, it's, just, so... it's like a joke. I uh, uh, I just wish they would mad about it is also silly. I, I don't know why I'm talking about this, but I just wish they would hire voice actors for those gigs. Like I know celebrity, yes. I, I guess celebrities are like a draw for that, but I can't imagine a kid is going to be like, oh, it's Chris Pratt as Mario. Like, wow, I, I, I got to go see that. Like even with the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff and the Jurassic Park stuff, like I feel like the pitch for this is just Mario. <laughs> like just let a guy yeah, play yeah. Mario. <laughs> like I, uh, I wish that that regular actors never voice acted. <laughs> Really, like I, I would rather just have voice acting be its own thing. Yes, uh, because the idea is, you know, you you get Chris Pratt, and it's got to be an appeal because it's Chris Pratt. But that means he has to sound like Chris Pratt. Like you, you know, we're just getting he's just doing himself there. Uh, or like you get, um, you know, somebody with with a famous voice, like even somebody with a, a good voice, like oh, James Earl Jones is the the voice of the the evil mailbox and Brave Little Toaster Two, or something like that. He's just going to be doing James Earl Jones's voice. Yeah. It's not a new mm-hmm. thing. It's just how he talks. You know, uh, it's not that exciting to me. The only exception to that uh, I think is uh, this is cartoons. Or, 
I just, I just like when I oh, when I hear when sure. I hear Peter Dinklage like a, and Rick and Morty, I'm like, yeah, this is this. I like this. This is good. <laughs> but I just don't want to yeah, see yeah. it in Mario for some reason. In in movies, it's, it's definitely different. Yeah. Uh, somebody in the Slack yesterday posted. Uh, this is really far afield, but it's just everyone's got Mario fever. Uh, this tweet thread from this person <laughs> losing their fucking mind okay. uh, and people making fun of Chris Pratt. Uh, let me read this uh, this tweet thread to you. It's it that sounds like it's gonna be long, but it's not that many. Uh, I'm sure Chris Pratt, excellent sitcom actor and the lead actor of the second best Marvel <laughs> film and the lead voice of one of the best animated comedies ever made, will do fine playing fucking Super Mario. You fucking nerds. Uh, one minute later, give it a fucking rest for five minutes. You fucking Poindexter fucks. Three minutes later. I hope Chris Pratt voices your favorite boy Paddington next, you fucking dweebs. And specifically voices him saying, oh, I think I'll stick my arse-licking furry head into a gas oven. Uh, Two minutes after that. Go and watch your dog shit Sonic the Hedgehog (laughs) movie you all pretended to enjoy. You fucking pencil-necked losers. After complaining it initially looks like shit, then you turning when they made Sonic just look like that eternal blue loser looks like in your wet dreams, you hedgehog fuckers. Two minutes after this. Eat shit. (laughs) <laughs> three minutes after that go to bed tonight in the knowledge that chris pratt is chris pratt and you will always only be you you sack of cum wow what the fuck why are <laughs> like, you this mad about anything like jesus christ <laughs> i've never been that passionate about anything in my life like i like, <laughs> like i have a like i didn't positive or negative i didn't but I didn't yeah. say anything on Twitter about Mario like yes or no, right? Like I don't, and I and I'm at that point in my life where like I probably just won't see this movie. Like I didn't watch the Sonic movie. Like if I sit down and watch a movie, yeah, yeah. With, I'm like I, it's not even a ba- worth a background watch for me. It's not made for me. I don't want to really care about seeing it. I only have a mild interest in like the storyline of this thing, which actually looked kind of interesting. But like I'm just, it's not, it's not made for me. Like I don't really care about it. But like, yeah the reaction to the reaction to the reactions that Twitter went through yesterday were fucking insane. Like this, this dude, like losing his mind in a Twitter thread for 10 minutes. Like dude, get, do anything else with your life, my man. Like literally it's anything. Incredible. Oh. I love how there's uh the cadence of this where it's like, you know, uh, one minute later, you'll give it a rest. And then like there's, th- you know, three minutes where he's like, eat shit. Eat shit is my, was my favorite part. Thread. Yes. Like so I imagine him, like getting up and trying to do something else with his life. And then just be like, oh, nope, still mad. Still mad. And then, can't, like, can't running stop. back to his computer, sitting down, like, meet shit. <laughs> like, Too mad. Uh, yeah. Jesus uh, Christ, dude. Just absolutely. Somebody, I don't know who this person is. It, it's R.L. Florence, who is verified. Like, they have the check mark. So don't feel bad, like, you know, blowing up their spot. It's not like I'm making fun of somebody with three, you know, three dozen followers or whatever. Uh, I don't know who that is, but whoever they are, they're certifiably fucking insane. Uh, um, writer, yeah. comedier, filmmaker, and poet from Glasgow. So, uh, uh, yeah, so he's a poet. He's a poet, and we you didn't could tell know. you you <laughs> You could tell because he said uh, eat shit. <laughs> Why are yeah, you defending the Mario movie? Fuckers. What the hell? Uh, anyway, Chris Pratt specifically, so mad. Um, anywho, X Force. Uh, this is not that. This is <laughs> Uncanny X Force from 2010. Just to to because there's a couple different runs. Yes, of mm-hmm. that. Uh, Let's go through our team real quick uh, before we uh, get going. Because once we get in, we'll we'll go pretty quick. Like this kind of jumps from scene to scene, uh, but it's modern, so it doesn't feel ultra dense and every page doesn't have a billion lines of dialogue on it. You know, I, th- I think it'll move a little quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got Archangel, who we mentioned. Uh, kind of ostensibly the, the team leader with Wolverine, I think. 
is the, yeah. the implication mm-hmm. here. Feels like the team uh, leader, whereas uh, Archangel feels like the the captain, whereas Wolverine feels like the owner. If that if that makes sense to make that into a sports yeah, yeah. metaphor, right? Like he seems like he's yes. Like when he's there, everybody's pointing to Wolverine. When he's not there, everybody's pointing to Archangel. Yes, yeah, because uh, this is uh, Wolverine's next incarnation of like the Blade Squad, the mm-hmm. old uh, X Force that we talked about. Um, we got Psylocke. In it, uh, this comic has the proud distinction of being the first comic that made me like really like Psylocke. Okay, uh, it doesn't come through so much in this first arc, even though she's good. But they're doing interesting things with her character, which I feel like people kind of stopped doing for a while. Uh, you know, like this is this is a well written, fully realized Psylocke. Yes, you know, it's it's grappling with the relationship she has with Archangel. It's uh, her position on the team is this kind of like, you know, not just ninja infiltrator black widow character but she's also like the therapist and is there to keep angel in check is really cool and eventually because of because of psylocke we're going to get into like some weird captain britain stuff and some some other kind of weird stuff that's not we wouldn't normally see in like an x run and i'm I'm excited to talk about that stuff because it's 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 very weird i don't know if all of it is successful from from because i read this just relatively recently but um it's going to be really interesting to talk about Mm -hmm. um we got phantom x uh phantom x is back um doing good work being silly again like adding himself to the uh there's like interpersonal drama shit like kind of a love triangle mm-hmm. that happens in this uh this arc that's interesting um and we don't really understand his you know uh alliances everything like he's not quite a true believer with this stuff which we'll see and then the the thing i the remember i was most nervous about when people told me this was a good comic is the Deadpool is on this team. Mm-hmm. Weird to have Deadpool on a team and not be the leader and also have him be real good. Uh, but he's he's fun in this and not like, all. it's not all about him. So it's not just the, the quip show starring Deadpool. Yes. You know, it's, it's weird how they integrate him into a team uh, in this. They do it pretty yeah. well. It's really definitely handled because it could easily be like the Deadpool show when he, whenever he's on the panel. And it, and at the beginning, like when you start this book, you're like, oh, this is going to be the Deadpool book with like some supporting characters. Uh, and very quickly you realize that it's not. And it's got some real emotional undercurrents running through it. Um, and But the Deadpool stuff like really, it does its job because it's it's kind of like the lighter, funnier moments of the book that really, really needs those light and funny moments to balance out all of the other shit that's happening. Um, and it's like, I've, yeah, it, so it's just, it's Deadpool perfectly placed and executed in a way where I just, I've just enjoyed it like throughout the entire run. Yeah. Very rare for me, you know, because like I, I can enjoy the concept of a freestanding Deadpool from time to time, but it's a hard sell for me outside of the movies, which I like. Yes. But in the comics, I get a little annoyed by Deadpool. Um, and then we have a sixth cast member uh, coming soon who is a real wild card. <laughs> but uh, we don't get him until the next arc. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll eventually get to him and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about him when we get there. Um, and yeah, this is, this is, uh, I, I feel like we should talk about just the book in general. I wasn't here when this came out. Uh, so I, I came to this really, really mm-hmm. late. And people just saying, like, oh, uh, Rick Remender is great. Like I remember that being like a, a big part conversation. Like, oh my God, Remender, Remender, Remender. And so finally, I picked up this book and was like, oh, they they were right. <laughs> this is really fucking good. <laughs> like this is an exciting fucking comic book. And I was so happy to have the entire run at my disposal, so I could just blitz through it in like three days because it's that fucking good. I uh, yeah, I had a similar experience, except I was I didn't get the um, the Remender Remender 
uh, kind of sell. I just people told me it was a good book, and I didn't believe them because of Blade Squad. Mm. Like I, you know, I'd read X Force when it was you know Warbath and uh, Wolvesbane and stuff, and I, I hated that comic. Like it, it was ugly and and too dour. That Yost and and Kyle uh, mm-hmm. thing. So it was uh, when this had come out, I was just like, I'm not interested in X Force. Like them doing this like dark hit squad of X-Men is stupid to me. Uh, so yeah, I was just real ignorant and stopped myself from reading something good for a long time. I didn't read this until I got Marvel Unlimited. Um, and we started doing comics for the show and uh, read it because people were talking it up in the Slack and uh, they were right. It's one of my favorite uh, X-Men runs. I just, um, before we get into this proper, I meant to mention this at the beginning. Um, I, I want, can I, can you mind if I shout out an article since we're talking about like some X comics? Um, yeah. This person, uh, Jude Ellison S. Doyle, uh, wrote a Medium article about uh, their fascination with Generation X, which uh, they mm-hmm. readily admit is not a good comic, right? Like, <laughs> is, um, but the it's one of the few articles that, like the full Medium article that I've read tip to top like twice. Um, and it's just about their experience growing up and how much this comic meant to them as a both trans and neurodivergent person. Uh, I'm going to try to put this in the show notes, but it's just, it reminded me of one of those times where like, oh, X-Men comics are good even if they're bad. Um, and you, you mentioned the, mm-hmm. the other blade squad stuff, like made me think about that and not that I'm trying to defend blade squad or anything, but just like, Oh, even when this shit sucks, like it still speaks to people. And I think that's why we keep coming back to it. Right. So <clears throat> yeah. 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 Anyway. The, I, and, and also like I didn't, I wasn't uh neurodivergent or trans, but I also X, you know, generation X happened at a time in my life when I was like way into it. Mm-hmm. You know, like there, there's a, there's a time, there's an appeal of this to, to youth. Uh, you know, I had my own shit. I'm not trying to compare. It's not a, not a race, but yeah. I had my own things I was going through in terms of alienation and, and, and stuff. Uh, and X-Men just speaks to it fundamentally. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, you know, there's absolutely like, you know, Hey, I'm, I feel like nobody likes me and I feel like I'm different from everybody around me. And, Oh, guess what? I like the X-Men. Imagine that. <laughs> like there's mm-hmm. definitely, there's definitely some, something to it's, be said about that. This, this is totally a different uh, tangent. I don't want to totally go on it, but that reminds me of how heartbreaking uh, JK Rowling turning out to be a shit is because tons of people had that experience with Harry Potter. Uh, and I'm not here to like fight my Pokemon, you know, or compare the works. It just sucks. That that's forever tainted. Yes. You know, because mm-hmm. people imagine if we wanted to go back and like talk about X-Men, but X-Men was made by one person and they were a fucking monster. Exactly. You know, yeah. it would feel so bad. Uh, you know, th- this thing that was it would, it would feel like um part of your childhood that should be off limits got corrupted. Exactly. Yeah. You know, nothing 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 can take, you know, 13-year-old Gary reading comics away from me. Uh, at this point and i can i can revisit that that feeling and i can i can live with that and have it coexist now and if if i had had that for harry potter which i might have if i had been born like 10 years later uh that would forever be corrupted and gross yeah like both of my sisters were way into harry potter and 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 neither one of them are really particularly progressive people (laughs) but i mean they're still my sisters right like so we we just i don't i don't get into it with them like i'm not gonna argue with them about it or anything but like it's something that's very important to them and like they they struggle with the fact that 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 chick is just kind of a nasty person online nowadays um yeah sucks 
It's, you know, it's like it, Rick Remender, who has done nothing bad as far as I can tell. Yeah, yeah. So I was no, going to make a joke about us right. recording an 80 episode podcast about Transmetropolitan that we can, can never release because the news came, about Warren Ellis came out. But <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, uh, that that is that it's a bummer though because <laughs> like a different that didn't happen a different universe for this where we just decided you know we already went like oh we don't have to do cartoons we can do comics if we ever were like you know we could we could do planetary yeah absolutely uh, you know <laughs> and it's like, well damn it whoops uh, and even then i don't think that dude is quite as bad as jk rowling uh, no at least no, in terms no, of no. he's not continuously doubling down to it to this moment exactly you know yeah, like yeah. Not, uh, uh, no, yeah we're 20 minutes yeah. into this podcast and we haven't really talked about the first page no. so. <laughs> at all yeah uh, real quick the art in this is phenomenal uh yes in this whole book uh, I, I absolutely love it. It does. It's very similar to um, the artist who did Secret Avengers, if you remember during AVX, where mm-hmm. like it would have uh, you know characters they would stand. He like doesn't do people with superhero bodies really. Yes, like people look fit, but they don't look gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm a thousand percent here for it, which is impressive with a book uh, that stars Cyclops, Psylocke. Because yep, normally, normally artists like let, let themselves go wild with Psylocke, but on this one, they're they're just, they're she's just a normal person. Um, Look at this cover; she looks like a like a fit lady. Yeah, and she's turned around like she, at an <laughs> angle that a woman could turn around at. Like she's just looking behind yeah, her. <laughs> oh. um, okay, now now we shall get into it. Uh, we begin with with a Deadpool sequence of him infiltrating a temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, here right in the middle of things we don't know why or what the context of the of this is just yet yeah but we, uh, we, we know it's it's super dramatic and mystic because there's a statue uh there's an enormous statue with what looks like poison water coming out of the mouth uh and everything there's like mm-hmm. some some arcane symbols behind them like everything just looks kind of like magical and occultish yeah he, he gets to the center of this and there's this kind of uh fortress within this temple uh, that he kind of grapples up into. Uh, it was where he reveals he's doing this for money. He's he's a mercenary for this. Uh, looks down, and this is our first kind of hint that maybe this is apocalypse. Uh, we have five people around a sarcophagus that kind of evokes uh, apocalypse's face, and it's that old timey stone and technology kind of mixing. Mm-hmm. There are like wires and stuff going to it. Um, these people sac- or sacrifice themselves uh, to bleed out uh, onto this sarcophagus here. And just as a, some a figure is emerging from this, uh, and Deadpool is watching this, one of the statues that was behind him had come to life, and uh, sneaks up behind him and gets him with an axe. Sh- shwunks him, absolutely shwunks yep. him. Uh, we we should mention that like this is classic Deadpool stuff. I'm not. I don't think we need to go through all of the jokes and everything. I just want to mention again that like if you are put off at all by like the like the ryan reynolds quote-unquote deadpool constant talking thing like it's it's still this is actually reasonably funny we're just not going through every single joke because reading jokes is kind of a dumb thing to do so yeah i i don't it yeah it's and it's also not as bad as it could be mm-hmm. like it ends up fitting up fitting in and weirdly enough they give his his character makes choices and shows depth that you would not expect yeah exactly for for a deadpool uh in this run um we cut over to you know again this is kind of an accident but we cut over to the mutant massacre mm-hmm. uh you know we didn't we didn't plan this out but this is appropriate uh psylocke who who is in full ninja form which she was not at the time is walking in on the mutant massacre uh there and walking in on archangel confronting angel pinned to the wall yes. uh, by harpoon yeah 
Um, and we know um, that something's up, obviously, because, you know, Archangel wasn't here. And Angel is, like, begging Bessie, like, please, he's going to take me. He's going to erase me. Uh, and then, of course, Archangel's like, don't let him, don't listen to his gibberish. Uh, and this is going to form the basis of, like, Archangel's kind of arc throughout uh, this entire book, which is these two warring personalities, this Angel personality versus the Archangel personality, and his ability to house both of those in his mind and also like how that affects him as a person and his relationships and of course as a team member and you know and everything about his life and it's again like i was always a big fan of archangel because he looked fucking sick when i was 13 never yeah, expected yeah. to be able to read something in 2022 where i'm like well you know it's got some real emotional relevance <laughs> so. that that is like the secret to this book is that other than Wolverine, who I've like read tons of good Wolverine stories with everybody who's in this book are characters who I don't think of. And I don't associate with like really strong character work, you know, and, and really strong kind of emotional arcs, you know, they, they Phantom X, Archangel, Deadpool, uh, Psylocke are all kind of looks and style first mm-hmm. characters. Uh, and th- this, this run is about exploring their, their interior lives like which i think is great uh this is obviously a psychic scape we can tell because there's fog and stuff uh, it turns out it's a nightmare uh Psylocke wakes up um has this nightmare from archangel shooting his little uh feathers at her and she's sleeping with archangel or angel regular angel mm-hmm. uh they're together uh you know uh again i think they've been broken up for a while before this uh, but they're together and they're kind of laying out their their relationship um, you know, talking about uh, the the foundations of trust and honesty and kind of establishing that she is helping him keep our dark angel in check, Archangel in check. Yes. Um, and how he is embedded in Angel's mind so deep that she's not just able to like psychically remove him without damaging Angel. Right. Like, and yep. she's kind of bemo- bemoaning the fact that he, she can't help more. Um, but Angel is just trying to like, you know, Hey, I'm, this is, this is all good. You're doing your best. I'm doing my best. We've got X-Force. Like, this is this is what we're kind of meant to do. Um, and, then, yep. you know, we, we get kind of a connection with, with Scott. They mentioned kind of the overarching thing. This is a hidden team. Like, Scott is the leader of the X-Men, but Wolverine has kind of created this team off to the side where Cyclops doesn't know. Yeah. Previously, Cy- Cyclops had commissioned X-Force, basically. The premise of this book is that Cyclops has d- dissolved it, but Wolverine didn't really dissolve it. Uh, he Wolverine and Angel kind of kept it together, uh, so Scott can keep a clean conscience, you know, in the heroic age or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, as they're uh, they're talking here, you know, and they're about to kiss, like they're they're talking about their their feelings together. Uh, Angel gets paged, his beeper goes off, um, and he has to go check his uh, computer, and this is uh, Deadpool, yep. uh, phoning in, you know. Uh, and Deadpool, he had sent Deadpool out to look for apocalypse stuff and he was not expecting him to find anything. Yeah. Uh, this is a big deal that he's found something. Yes. Uh, and obviously a big deal to Angel, like shit, it's apocalypse. It's the dude who tortured me and gave me this mind goblin. Yes. And stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, it's just very funny that he gave Deadpool an uncompletable task. Like, I think that's very funny. Yeah. Like, that's a good way to deal with a Deadpool is to just send him on a fucking snipe chase, basically. A snipe yeah, yeah. Hunt. grind yourself into dust. Yeah, doing this thing. Yeah. And then he fucked up and he fucked around and like was successful. Great, perfect. Yeah, shit. Um, we uh, cut over to Phantom X, uh, who is doing a heist uh, here, 
um, going through breaking into uh, getting the the crown jewels and the Tower of London mm-hmm. uh, there. Um, we're also getting his uh, interior monologue, which is different than Deadpool. It's it's you know slick. It's him being cool, and he shows off a power that he's always had, but is really doubled down on in this, which is misdirection. Uh, in the very first issue, when we talked about him in New X Men. He did that to uh, to Jean Grey mm-hmm. when they're hanging out at the house with his fake mom, you know, and just one frame. He's like misdirection. And he like looks at the camera and says he can do this thing here. He's like an illusionist now. Yeah, he can make people see what he wants them to see. Um, You know, he tells people like, oh, I'm just an inspector. Go on break mm-hmm. the guards and they have to. He gets into the room where the crown jewels are. But Wolverine is there. I think that Wolverine should have yeah. let him take the crown jewels on the, just as long as, as long as he returned them to their home country. I think this is perfectly allowable. Steal from the crown. I'm yeah. going to do it. Yes. Yeah, take them, uh, return them to Africa. Yes. Absolutely. Just tit for tat. Mm-hmm. Like, like Wakanda gets the crown jewels and the British museum gets the spears. Um, they, uh, they had a bet about this, uh, and Wolverine won by getting in infiltrating better. Yes. Uh, and there's, there's some like cute back and forth. Like he owes them this very expensive bottle of cognac, uh, you know, and, uh, there's a great, really good little bit here. Fandom X is like, how do you even know about that? And he's like, you know, you, I bet you, I hope you choke on. It. He's like, I'm not going to drink it. I'm a Molson guy. I'm going to show my claws, disinfect the toilet, you know, just like rub it in his face. Uh, I love, I'm a Molson man. I'm a Molson the, man. Uh, yeah. That's very funny to me. Um, but of course he's there to get, um, uh, phantom x so they can all load up in the giant sphere that is also phantom x's uh flying neuroskeleton uh exoskeleton uh and it's time to roll out and go rescue deadpool uh this this panel of this mostly it's it's almost an entire page of them like uh, wolverine crouched in the seat with his leg spread like doing the Mm -hmm. man spread thing and like style like looking all fucking cool like this just looks so awesome dude like i just yeah you hear like a a techno soundtrack to the back of this somehow you know what i'm saying like the soundtrack of drive is happening while this scene is going on and i'm just into it (laughs) it's it's real badass and like what a cool uh like helicarrier you know or or fantastic car for the group Mm -hmm. uh is eva you know this like gigantic sphere this biosphere that they float around in it's really cool um you know they're heading there and they're they're discussing it you know they're basically talking about apocalypse and you know what they what they have to do uh with this um you know they uh they introduce a couple little plot things here first like betty cannot read phantom x's mind his uh his damping plates are in place uh and they start kind of flirting uh a little bit um starting that little little love triangle that's going to happen with this is it really a love triangle if like it's just two people who are in a relationship and a person that just isn't that kind of wants to be. It's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's like a, yeah, it's like a it's love a, parallelogram a, or something. Like I don't know what the shape of yeah. that is, but <laughs> yeah. it's a he's trying to drive a wedge. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's trying to make it into a a love uh, less than sign. You know? Yes. Um, we also introduce um, some no, like I, conflict between Wolverine and uh, Archangel because even though like Archangel is ostensibly like we, like we said the captain of this team like Wolverine is overseeing it and he's concerned because he's so close to the situation with Apocalypse like he's obviously got a ton of personal history and he's wondering if Archangel is going to be able to, to be objective to which I want to respond like Wolverine look in the fucking no. mirror my dude <laughs> like what are you well, talking yeah, about and also yeah. <laughs> well, and he was also turned into a horseman like, yeah so was, you know wolverine was as well like uh it it's pretty pretty ridiculous it, there's you know it's real good stuff there though he's like you know i'm the man who's talking he's like yeah which one of you 
you know, like this isn't like Warren, you're fucking nuts. And, and Warren has been nuts for a while in this, uh, which is a cool direction for his character, which previously had none, mm-hmm. uh, which we talked about. Um, yeah. Uh, so they're, they're, uh, they're getting ready, you know, to go through there. They try to scan, they're not getting anything, but Archangel understands, you know, he's, he knows Apocalypse's tactics, you know, scan, don't scan for what's there, scan for what isn't there. Yep. You know, and they, they find, uh, within the mountain, this, uh, the secret base. So they're going to head down in. So real quick, because uh, at the end of this issue, there's like a, a, an encyclopedia's worth of stuff that happened to Warren, which just reads like like a no good, very bad day, right? Like it's, it's just a series of unfortunate <laughs> adventures with, with Warren Worthington. Um, but we saw him earlier with his like feathered wings. And then I, can he just like turn into the Archangel persona with the metal wings at any time? Or is that that's, yes. not, that's not a costume, right? Like he's doing a, like it's a physical change, right? Yes. Okay. He can he can he can go from angel to archangel. Okay. Now. Uh and Psylocke is keeping him from letting the archangel persona it's to keep it stay okay. That's and that's what I thought. I just yeah. kind of wanted to talk about it a little bit because I think it's it's a real interesting aspect of his like power set, I guess at this point to being able to change like that. It's real cool. So he's not just like a scary metal man all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause imagine you know, like, like trying to sleep in the bed. Whatever thing was that in that dude. comic where it's like, oh, that scary dude. He's like, I was not always a gnarly dude. <laughs> or whatever he said. <laughs> X Factor comic. Um, they, uh, they, they, they. Oh. So they they park and they we we they dive down the same um, vomiting statue that we saw Deadpool jumping in and they're all Apocalypse in. always has to have a gigantic statue of himself vomiting up green stuff. It's in his rider, man. It's Come the on. first thing he wants to see when he wakes up. Hundred percent, dude. I don't blame him. I mean, oh uh, like, yes, I've got a statue guy. I don't have a green vomit guy, but I could probably find one. Um, yeah, and it's time to to fight a statue, uh, and this kind of get this is our first big like action scene, and it just sets the tone for this entire series, which is it just looks fucking cool, like it's just awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all of the, the action. The fights is... are. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fights are great, and X Force get their ass handed to them a lot in this. Mm-hmm. It's it's making me realize that was a big part of what I liked about Mutant Massacre. Like I want my superheroes to lose, you know, at least until the end where they don't. Yeah. You know, but I, I want them to be real vulnerable, you know, and, and Wolverine, who's like basically unstoppable, just starts, you know, fucking up the statue. Uh, he can't quite get purchased on it, and the statue slices him in fucking half. Uh, we're going to find out this isn't just a statue. This is one of the horsemen. Um, this is war. And when you get cut by war's axe, it makes you get enraged and possessed. Yes. Uh, by, by feelings of war. And that's not what you want to have happen with Wolverine. No, not in the least. Uh, here. Um, so yeah. now Wolverine, who is just chanting like bloodshed, horror, gore, loss, murder, fire, wrath, like, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it starts attacking, you know, the X-Force team. So Archangel is going to handle him while Psylocke and Phantom X take over the statue. Uh, Psylocke tries to do her little stab, her psychic stab into war, but she gets taken over too. Like this, this bat feeds into her. So she starts like doing the whole chant thing uh, until Phantom X has to like literally rip her off of him before she gets completely possessed. Yep. Uh, and she's, you know, his, that's what his mind is. It's hollow room encompassed by sorrow, echoing unquenchable lust to conquer, you know? Uh, and I love, uh, <laughs> or fandom. It's like, okay, good. That helps. Yeah. Like just, <laughs> like, you know, responding. 
Um, also, while this is happening, like, and Phantom X is doing this, he's like just constantly talking about how hot she is. <laughs> like, her hair smells like yeah, jasmine. Yeah. <laughs> the scent at night's an idea in my second brain. Like, okay, calm down, my dude. We're on, we're on the job. <laughs> yeah. The scent, yeah, ignites an idea in my second brain is a scary, uh, that's a gross thing to say. Uh, the way he stops him, he uses, he does his misdirection to make him fall in love. Uh, you know, he made the, the war statue fall in love with her. Uh, and he blows up yep. like he's going to be back, but he blows up, uh, uh, you know, real cool, cool, creative use of powers to stop something that is obsessed with, with hate and destroying. Yeah. So much better than get, just dropping a wall on something, which I feel like that's 90% yeah, of our superhero solutions exactly. up, to, up until recently. We would have been six walls deep <laughs> if, if this, this comic was written in 1980. So many walls would have been dropped on people. Oh man. Already. Uh, Meanwhile, Wolverine is just about to fuck up Archangel. Uh, Archangel has been holding back because he could probably shred Wolverine, but he doesn't want to. Uh, and this gives Psylocke enough time to stab Wolverine with her psychic stabby knife uh, and release the the possession, basically. Um, and Wolverine yeah. is uh, is like, yeah, I've tasted that poison before. Like, I've been there. Um, so that's, <laughs> it's only been 36 seconds that this has happened in, but they're they're ready to roll. Yep, they, they, they have to go because they have to go quick. Uh, they go over to like Apocalypse's weird insect priest, mm -hmm. like machine things. Mm -hmm. Uh, these things are great. Um, they've got a Deadpool down on a table and they're checking him out. Um, he's singing, you know, he's being Deadpool as he's getting vivisected because that's his whole thing. Uh, until he gets saved, the uh, Archangel shoots little little blades into these uh scientists and knocks them down. Uh, I love Archangel here. Just like, where is he, moron? <laughs> is he near? Like the the absolute disrespect everyone is treating Deadpool with is perfect. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. the perfect level of what you want to treat Deadpool with. Um, and it's time to it's it's time to go. Uh, so we, we're going to murder ourselves back to uh, Eva and fly out of this this whole well, operation. Yeah, they have to go because Eva. You know, they they found him. They want to find apocalypse but eva lets phantom x know that this whole thing is a ship and it's about to go yes sorry uh, and when the ship takes off anything that's down here is gonna get vaporized hell yeah because that's yeah. what that's, the, that's the, exactly the way i, I want my yeah. ships to work like i just want to yeah, i just want to vaporize a hole in the ground every time i take off <laughs> yeah, yeah eventually it's like you're you're a bowser boss fight at the end of uh absolutely of, yeah of super mario world yeah <laughs> um the uh as they're leaving uh there's gonna be goons to fight uh here so we get some action as they kind of fight their way out yep here deadpool's uh, pretty much run, shreds them. jump through a, yeah 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 uh run and jump through a window and land on uh eva you know cool big action scene it's it's awesome here and uh it, yep. at the after this that <clears throat> we kind of have a wolverine asked uh archangel like how long have you known um, and he's, you know, basically how long have you known that they were trying to bring back apocalypse and, uh, Archangel was like, I wasn't sure, but I had, you know, Deadpool hunting this for years, trying to find anyone who would actually attempt this. Um, but that's definitely his ship. That was war that we fought. This is, you know, the last horsemen have been assembled. They're bringing apocalypse back and we get our first picture, uh, our first glimpse of the other horsemen, um, with, which is just a drummer from the silver war, uh, which is when they start actually oh, introducing these guys, I love that it's dude. Really fantastic. Yeah, this dude, yeah. this dude rocks. <clears throat> the last horsemen are awesome. Uh, what they're doing is they've they've taken off and they're opening the door. There's a old lady who is not one of the horsemen. She's like an AI of the ship. Mm -hmm. Took me a minute to figure that out. I was like, that's a weird famine. 
Um, but she opens the door to welcome Apocalypse. Uh, and then we get our, our twist for this. Apocalypse has been reborn as a little kid. Yep. Uh, just over, you know, the uh, narrations going over this as Archangel's like, you know, we're already out of time. I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to kill Apocalypse. And they cut over and there's a polite little kid with a little suit and tie playing with action figures and has a, a Xbox controller, has children's books, you know, sitting on the floor. I don't think they yeah. should be letting that kid cool play, idea. play Call of Duty. But I, I mean, it looks like he's also got a game called Bear vs. Whale. And I would, I mean, that seems like a $10 Xbox indie game if I've ever seen one. But I yeah, would really be into that. <laughs> play Bear vs. Whale. I think it's weird that he has a, a Thing action figure. Yeah, yeah. His Marvel Legend action figures in this world and he's playing with the Thing. Like, that's got to feel weird to him, to the Thing. Uh, but yeah, uh, you're that, never going to believe what we found twist. Kid Apocalypse with. And Ben Grimm is like, what? Why are you even talking to me about this? <laughs> yeah. It's not my bag yeah, at all. Like, <laughs> check it out. Oh, Apocalypse. Well, I guess we're going, Stretcho. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh, uh, but yeah, this is the, the big twist. And we get the, the arc. The name of the arc is the Apocalypse Solution. And give her credits at the very end. Very classy move. Uh, do the, you kill Apocalypse when he's a kid? Yeah. It's an old story. It's the, the basically like, you know, would you kill Hitler as a kid mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing. But it's not one that I've seen done in this like superhero context uh, before. Man, I saw so. a video of Norm MacDonald on... I never watched any of whatever like show that he was doing before he died. Um, but he had mm-hmm. some dude on there and he's, I guess he just reads jokes. Uh, and he was yeah. re- reading this joke and he was, he was like, you know, time machine, you know, I think, I think nowadays we're pretty much done with like going back in time and killing Hitler. And this guest is like, no, 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 I'm definitely done with that. And Norm stops and goes, why not? Why wouldn't you do that? I would do that. <laughs> <It> just, <laughs> and the dude is like, I was I, going I, with I your been, joke. He's I like, yeah, s- but this is Hitler. It's serious. And that like Norm MacDonald kind of way. <laughs> Him, uh, that, that segment is so good though. Like we tell jokes because a lot of them are like awful jokes and pretty offensive but he just gets his guests to read them and just is like why would you say that why do you think that's funny why do you think that's funny it's one of my favorite bits like that's not funny tortures them the uh uh, my one of my favorite bits with that is when he's reading about um god what what, albert fish mm -hmm. you know and he's just he's just describing real things this horrible serial killer did and his guest keeps starting to laugh and he's like why do you laugh at that <laughs> now now get this most of his victims were <laughs> young children he thought their buttocks was the most savory part to eat and of course the dude why is, are you laughing why at are that? you laughing like, at that yeah like the, <laughs> like you think it's funny you think you should have uh, eaten them like, it's very good it's very funny uh, um, rest in peace you horrible politics very funny man yeah um the ba- the last six pages of this are like a catch-up on x-force uh and i dare you to read this and take a test on it because boy <laughs> comic books when and i think this is a this is a problem that i have with comic books in general when i'm like oh i need to catch up on what's happening with the x-men and if i read a blurb about what's happening with the x-men it just makes me want to never read anything x-men related ever again because when you start summing this stuff up in real like brief paragraphs you're like this is insane an insane person wrote this like this is nothing but garbage yeah. um but it is it is wild it to fe- see like warren's no good very bad day that he has had over the years it feels a little bit to me like a professional courtesy like it it's uh for people who like the old x-force mm-hmm. like let's say what happened yeah. you know because it, mm-hmm. it's about warren but it also talks about the general blade squad and stuff and and how we got here uh i prefer to ignore that stuff because i thought it was bad 
Uh, it's also written from the perspective, like it's written from Wolverine's perspective, and Wolverine, so, and you could tell because he doesn't write the full word "and," he does "a" in apostrophe. So it's like mm-hmm. Warpath and Ghost Rider <laughs> fight, fought an Apache yes. spirit guy driven crazy by a mystical dagger. Like Wolverine, I don't need to know this. <laughs> like I feel like this is just fan fiction. <laughs> You're making this up. Like, I think if Wolverine was your stepdad and he got drunk, <laughs> like he'd spend all day telling you. <laughs> you know, God. like Logan, not again. Uh, uh, Step Wolverine, no. Stop putting um, weights in your fish, you weirdo. <laughs> Why do you care? Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, uh, that goes on for a while, and then we finally get our uh, next issue, which I'm excited to talk about. Yeah. Issue two uh, comes out. Uh, just a, another pinup cover with them just uh, standing there. These are Eric uh, Ribic. Uh, Ribic, I think, is the guy who does these covers. Um, they're cool. They're painterly and, and neat. Yes. Um, but just the crew standing there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, uh, we go into the Apocalypse Solution Part Two. Yep, where we are, we we yeah. we start mid combat with uh, Wolverine and the team fighting off a giant like flaming dude, uh, and they're like standing. Oh, that, that's a that's Holocaust. That's, that's Holocaust. A, Apocalypse's son from Age of Apocalypse. That's right. That's Holoc- How could I forget yeah. that that's Holocaust? <laughs> You're absolutely yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the uh, at some point he made it into the Marvel universe. Uh, the the real bit um here um and they're just fighting they're just surrounded by bones yeah uh everywhere uh really great i love uh i love betsy Uh, in the background just like casually standing around some bones looking looking goth as hell like she's super tiny in the frame but she's like she's back there just mm -hmm. looking super goth (laughs) you go goth betsy i love you um but she's actually staring at prisoners um which are you know people that uh they have that apocalypse presumably has captured right yeah um the uh she's shocked by this you know that there it's concentration camp imagery she's like how can anyone do this and wolverine basically is out it's like well to him humans are pest they're staying in the way he wants to them exterminated through darwinism what say we go stop them you know like yeah this shit sucks let's go do something about it you know um as this is happening we get this other narration you remember this use this to reinforce uh reinforce what will happen uh you know and we cut over you know if we fail to stop apocalypse and they go over to see a full-grown apocalypse here Mm -hmm. this is your first clue this is a simulation um you know because we know apocalypse is baby yes um and we start you know we very quickly realize as you know they're about to like face off with apocalypse that here comes uh archangel and slices both deadpool and phantom x up uh immediately uh and of course apocalypse is like all according to 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 the script and betsy has to jump up and like stab that dude stab warren like through the knife uh and of course this is when warren is like uh what is this what are you guys doing he he walks in on the thing it's the same Mm -hmm. thing that happened in x-men evolution i was gonna bring that up yeah rogue Mm -hmm. yeah like you guys training it's me this seems like that's weird this seems mean (laughs) like i'm in the room i'm in in the house man like this seems wrong yeah this makes more sense that he's gonna turn turn bad uh he calls him out basically like why are you trying to kill me uh and wolverine you know again not taking any shit like he's like that's on me uh you know i i said this uh because the if apocalypse can do this you might turn unfriendly you know it's not that you can't be trusted it's nothing personal uh it's just since betsy you know has this power kind of flip the the switch and, and turn you off she should know how to do it mm-hmm and this is obviously like really complicated for for Warren. Yeah, of course it you is. Know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and he's in his dork boy costume, which probably doesn't help. Like, I feel like if I was nope. born, I would just, without the, obviously he has to battle Archangel for control over his body. He doesn't want to become that person t- permanently. But also you look like 50,000% cooler as Archangel. Like, imagine looking in the mirror and going, I could look super cool and be fucking insane, or I could look like a dork and be normal. <laughs> which is which is going like to be. a real dork. Here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we cut over to the uh, the ship that apocalypse is on and apocalypse is being taught by uh this lady and he's seeing these scenes for x-men past around him mm-hmm. uh you know she says it repeat the lesson and he explains like basically uh apocalypse philosophy there's a natural order um you know the strong prey upon the weak uh xavier's toads have twisted this order like they have reversed order they're tyrants and we need to stop them and he yeah. he struggles to remember the words towards the end, but he eventually gets out. I am the savior, the first mutant resurrected to turn my people to the onto the true faith. Uh, so they're basically you know indoctrinating this young child to be apocalypse that they have created as apocalypse. Like the like there's there's a lot of weird stuff happening here. Like it's not like there would be a kid if there was not if, if they hadn't resurrected apocalypse, right? So it's it's very yeah, cool. Yeah. Like I'm 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 yeah. way off into this. It's neat, you know. Uh, basically, and they, they're warning him, like the worshipers of X will come to kill you. Like you, they, they, you threaten their grip on power. What are you going to do to defend your birthright? And he says, I will bring about the age of apocalypse. And we cut over to this weird old man who was a big part of the nineties comics. I can't remember this guy's name, but he showed up whenever apocalypse showed up in the nineties. Uh, and he's looking down on him, uh, with just a casually with a woman with a hawk head, like an Egyptian goddess. Yeah. Just, just staying next to him. Just a bird uh, person. It. Just hanging out. <laughs> you know, like like bird yeah. people do. Love it. Angrily looking like a bird. Uh, you know. The, uh, real good. We switched to the headquarters of our X-Force, which is located in Sedona, Ar- Sedona, Arizona. Have you ever been to Sedona, Arizona, Gary? No. It's like a it's no. like a vacation spot for like 60 plus year old people. Like it's the most tame place in the fucking world. It's like, oh, you you did you know that rocks could be pretty sometimes? Let's go there. <laughs> like it's that kind of thing. Um I, I've never been to Arizona. Like the I've never been to the Southwest. Oh, yeah. It's like the the one quadrant of the United States I'd never never touched. I should go visit at some point. It, I mean, it's pretty. It's it is because I lived in Phoenix for five years ish, um, and like Sedona was like an hour away, and I you know I drove to Flagstaff a few times. It's it's very very pretty, and it's uh, just monstrously empty. Like there's just I mean like once mm. you get out of the city of Phoenix, it's just flat for what feels like years. Um, I used to joke you could well, follow. That's it. Arizona. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, and now it's apparently full full of like Republican racist. <laughs> it's really weird. It's a really weird it's- vibe. I did not get that <laughs> vibe at all when I lived there in like 2004. But it's been a long tw- been a long two decades, I guess. Um, yeah. Warren has put together a uh, a a headquarters and called it Cavern X and filled it with X Men memorabilia, which I think is great. Gigantic pictures of X Men teams of the past. Uh, didn't de- depressing nostalgic walk. Like if you ever want to remember Jean Grey a lot, take this little walk and get sad. Well, I just I have to imagine like because it's Wolverine and Archangel kind of walking through this, and they're seeing you know like the '60s uniforms, the '90s uniforms, the the early 2000s uniform, the you know the new X Men uniform. They're seeing like Wolverine is in a lot of these pictures, just looking fucking weird, right? <laughs> like it's <laughs> and it's just very funny. Like oh, there was the time that you know Storm had a, a mohawk, and there's a time that I wore brown. Right. <laughs> like, there's where I had a mustache. Yeah, the. Uh, you know, he's he's talking about how he's using this as a time capsule in case they fail, you know, something to remember the X-Men. Uh, and Warren confronts 
uh, Wolverine. He's like, why, you know, why wasn't I part of today's lesson? Uh, and Wolverine's like, you know why? Uh, you don't trust me. Well, I trust one of you. You know, trust is going to be this big undercurrent with this team since mm-hmm. we've got all the, the anti-heroes and stuff. Um, they don't really resolve this. They kind of move on. Um, you know, and this is where Wolverine's like, hey, listen, I've been going over our plans, just fighting Apocalypse with no backup. Uh, and, you know, this, is this a good idea? And Angel's like, yeah, no backup. Uh, Scott carried the weight of X-Force for so long, and now it's our turn. You know, uh, these jobs need doing, and we're going to shoulder them so others don't have to. Uh, they go to another yeah. room where uh, it's just more memorabilia. I love this. Like Jean Grey's Phoenix uniform, Havoc's uniform. This is great. Like a Sentinel head. Do you think that they know uh, that these uniforms are here? Like, because this, if you didn't know, <laughs> like if I just walked into your house and you had a tube of yep. my clothes, like, oh, this is what Jeremy wore to Duckfest in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> I do have what you wore to Duckfest in 2019 because you left your Dolly Parton oh, I left shirt. That shirt and I left that shirt. I, I do have a tube of your clothes. For Duff- That's right. right. You have a very sweaty Dolly Parton shirt. I haven't seen. <laughs> it, it's been washed, but okay. yeah, I do. I do have your clothes from Twitter. Twi- Twi- <laughs> um, yeah. It's real weird. Like if like Warren's just been quietly collecting everyone's uniforms when they no longer want them. Like, are you going to, you going to use that? I, I don't know. I could, I could use it in a project or something. And then he just has this huge, like, you know, cedar chest full of everyone's old outfits. It's gross. Uh, to put this thing together. It's real gross. It's weird. Uh, but yeah, they have like a stuffed brood and stuff. It's great. Like cool bat cave. Like the X-Men never had a bat cave and this is kind of their version of that. Yeah. Um, no, we're, we're, we're meeting up with the other team. Uh, we're doing research, which of course Deadpool finds very boring, but they're trying to find, uh, basically who has been financing this whole operation. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, this is Phantom X doing the work while Deadpool jokes in the background. Uh, Deadpool is saying, you know, we've actually figured it out. Uh, what what to do? Uh, Sam Phantom X says gets the spacesuits. Uh, it's because they're going to go to the moon. Uh, here. Uh, and I lo- man, I love the the structure of this comic where it's like they just suit up for missions mm-hmm. like this. Like we have this downtime, and then we go and like go do a mission. Uh, you know, Warren goes and talks to Psylocke. Uh, to kind of have it out about everything, but then also to say like, hey, gear up, we're going. Yeah. Uh, she recognizes he's still upset that. She's been training to kill him all day. And she basically explains it like, you know, uh, we lost Kurt. This is, uh, I think, during Necrotia or something. Uh, Kurt lost because he teleported his arm into somebody. Um, she just says, you know, she's been feeling it like this, this hopelessness, this unending loss. Uh, you know, and when I was feeling that, the only thing I thought of was you. You know, you don't need to worry about our relationship. Like, I was practicing to kill you, but you're you're my man. Yes. You know, until the end. And I'm not going to let Apocalypse have control over you. And uh, like, and she kisses him and then walks away. And he is just like, like, I love, I love like goofy love struck Warren. who's <laughs> just like, oof. Mm-hmm, I did yeah. not realize that I, I knew yeah. I was rich, but I did not know that I could, I could pull a 10 because wow. Yep. He is just like goofily into this. Um, And then, yeah, they're, they go to fucking space and they're in spacesuits, which is one of my favorite X-Men things ever. Cause the spacesuits like Deadpool and Psylocke both have like fucking swords on the back of their spacesuit, which is just funny and great. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. It's real rad. Uh, Eva can go into space, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're talking about uh, their targets on the blue area of the moon, you know, back a uh, big, big area for the X-Men. That's where the Phoenix, a uh, big dark Phoenix fight was and everything. Uh, you know, best case scenario, we get, you know, Betsy in there and she cooks his brain. Um, you know, but if the opportunity presents itself, don't falter. 
uh, you know, just go, go for it. If you can kill him, kill him, just go stop. Don't wait. Don't do anything. Yes. You know, uh, let's, let's, let's do this. Um, and yeah, they, uh, they're approaching, they're getting closer, you know, and it all seems like very easy. It's like the right stuff or something. Uh, but then war, the horseman who is not in a spacesuit, just runs at them and smashes a gigantic ax through Eva, their ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the, the two issues of the X-Force is totally being fucked up. Yeah. For two issues. It. And it's great. Super good. Uh, it tears um, a huge hole into Eva. Um, and when he, when Phantom X is, like tries to tell her like hey repressurize like fix the breach eva is now infected by this like war horror stuff so she's like all war is made through life to serve the universe war is life fire is the only solution like he's basically fucked up phantom x's nervous system which is super fucking cool yeah uh like infecting him he manages to disconnect you know in in time just barely but they crash land mm-hmm. uh you know and his his external nervous system is screaming at him this whole time you know awful yes. uh they're uh you know they they say like basically they're like we have to do this they you know they're confronted by by war here who is who is fighting them uh archangel has to get uh the other people away while uh deadpool fights war here uh, i believe it's deadpool who's gonna fight him but they're gonna like go do the mission yes. we'll hold this guy off basically uh but when yeah. they as they're pulling off they see one of the other horsemen uh, and then they realize that they are surrounded by the horsemen and we see him, uh, we see Archangel go for him. This is like, we, we don't know anything about him, but he looks like a drummer boy, like a classic military drummer boy. Uh, and as, yeah. as Archangel like flies towards him, uh, he gets just like kind of close and then just collapses in agony um, and starts like, yeah. it looks like he's like throwing up inside of his helmet. Uh, the scene where the panel where he like actually falls like above the drummer boy, it just like bounces is so fucking cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love the drummer boy does it through drumming. Mm-hmm. Like he's, you know, bump, dump, bump, but you know, does this little rhythm and it, it takes him out. Uh, we're going to learn what this is and it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we cut over to, uh, Deadpool fighting this guy, like shooting him and it's going okay until eventually, uh, he slices his hand, you know, his hands off. And knocks him back, you know, just totally fucks him up. Deadpool lands at the feet of another horseman here who is dressed like a geisha. Yeah, uh, man, I didn't, uh, yeah. I didn't really think about this at the time, but War is just the Smelter Demon, right? Like from Dark Souls Two. Like that's just, he, that's just, that's he just that a dude. Lot like the Smelter Demon. Yeah, yeah. Which of these came like, first is what I'm asking. Because, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, all of these are cool Dark Souls bosses. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like the Drummer Boy would be a little bit weird, you know. But if it wasn't, if he wasn't dressed in the Civil War. Like these will all be great from soft bosses. You would have to pick uh, up like uh, like a the the spear of of deafness or something to be able to get to the boss. Be a gimmick boss or something. <laughs> I I thought you're gonna have to. I thought you're gonna say like the spear of Lincoln or like the spear of abolition <laughs> to the fight spear the of abolition. little Confederate uh, little Confederate uh, drummer boy. Uh, he lands at the foot of this this geisha and he's like, oh, you know, hello, Moon Lady, like what if we what if we didn't fight and then she unhinges her jaw and thousands of insects come out of it it's fucking dead. Uh, and start devouring cool. yeah it's incredible start devouring deadpool uh here uh they're winning they're fucking everything up it's great uh on the next page uh logan has managed to uh stab war from the back and lift him up and sling him uh which is you know partly because of the low gravity uh and then phantom x sees this and then throws a grenade up there basically just rocketing this dude off of the moon Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And you say, you know, they think that they won, like, you know, one down, but then the fourth uh, horseman comes in with war trailing him, which is a guy riding a magic carpet. Uh, Again, just fucking cool looking. Mm -hmm. Um, With weird eyes tattooed on his head. Yeah. It's it's so fucking weird and cool, man. Like, I, I love this. This is great. It's, it's the remender touch. Like, it's when uh, in the Uncanny Avengers thing, which I, I read the first arc of, where Red Skull digs up Professor Xavier's brain and uses it to control people. Like, it's this kind of like silly extra kind of thing that ends up actually being like really fun. Uh, you know, Remender's trick. Like, it's silly to have a, a djinn who rides a, a carpet, uh, but it's cool. Looks neat. Um, this is the is plague uh, of this group. Yeah. We've had and uh or no this is death i think plague is the uh the insect lady okay. uh this is death and uh he causes disease uh all of them at once basically like just shoots out little beams and gives everybody every disease mm-hmm. um and they've dropped him you know he's like yeah this was effortless no your executioners you whores of xavier i uh, know that you die at the hands of the final horseman you know, we get our team shot. Do you think of them? Do you think Apocalypse looks for people that that use words like whores of Xavier? Or do you think like he like trains that? Like which one is it? Like, do you think that he like it, teaches that? Is that the curriculum or is that just like natural well, born dramatic? I know I bet you he teaches them. Not yeah. him. You know, he because he's getting taught right now, but it's the same people who teach Apocalypse teach these guys this. You know? it's uh he gets the official version like oh the the worshippers x will stop you and this is the uh the blow decks blow titanic crew sure with the yeah. salty language mm-hmm. um, um yeah so we see uh this the little teacher guy that you mentioned earlier coming out with a kid apocalypse saying like hey we've killed the we we've we've subdued these x-men like what do you want how do you want them to kill uh how do you want them yep. killed and that's where the issue ends with a big old cliffhanger uh, we start issue three, uh, the cover, we have war standing over, uh, Wolverine here, uh, cool looking cover. One of the only covers that's not, uh, just X-Force pinup, mm-hmm. you know, X-Force poses for trading card photo. Uh, and we, uh, get into this, hold on a second. It's refreshing. Memory. It always takes a second to load the first page. Uh, oh, this is the origins issue. Yeah, yeah. This is where it's showing, uh, showing everybody's origins, which is really cool. Um, the, uh, the beginning of this, you know, they're taken from different times. War is the Minotaur, yeah. uh, from Greek myth, <laughs> Fucking uh, from dope. Roman myth, but he's yeah. basically the Minotaur. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, they, sh- they show him, uh, as a, as a beggar initially on the streets. Yep. And, yeah. um, he, you know, had to, <clears throat> as he was starving to death, uh, that's when he was transformed into his, his mutant, his, when his mutant powers kicked in. Um, so he just started killing people and then uh you know he went to prison for a while then they released him to let him like kill people in the um for you know entertainment um and eventually he got to the point where he was you know the living embodiment of war and he just was like this picture of him being huge with just like multiple women crawling on top of him um is is very funny Mm -hmm. to me Um, badass minotaur mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh the other guy jeb uh this is our our drummer boy our uh famine they show him he was a uh spy for the southern states in uh in the civil war uh there and as he came back home uh they he was still wearing his uniform his union uniform 
and his uh, his family made a mistake and thought he was, you know, thought him a traitor, and they try they burned his family alive. Yeah, and because he was freaked out, uh, this is what unleashed his gift. He uses a drum to transmit a bio auditory cancer, a living sound that feeds on flesh. I love it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolute nonsense. Perfect um, nonsense. And this is also where we see like yeah. the narration of this, right? Like, so this is uh, Apocalypse's buddy, like introducing these people to Apocalypse as candidates to be, um, as a fully grown uh, Apocalypse, as candidates to be the next mm-hmm. horseman. Yeah. Time, time recruiting. Yeah. And we said, we said different. plague earlier. This yeah. is famine. I, I knew we, we weren't right on plague. And yes. I couldn't, I was, I wanted to go pestilence, but I was thinking that wasn't right either. So this is famine. Yeah, this is famine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. um, we cut over to uh, our our plague, um, our pestilence, rather. Um, this is uh, Ishisumi, um, the the geisha girl, um, who I'm not. I'm not using that derogatively. That's that's how she's dressed. Yep. Uh, in this, um, she's uh, you know, is always jealous of of the people around her. Her father was very overbearing. You know, and at one point, because of this, her mutant gift manifested, she opened up her mouth and thousands of other bugs came out to disfigure all the women in the village to make her the most beautiful. Um, so none could outshine her because the bugs ate everybody. Um, you know, hundreds of uh, these beetles ravaged hundreds of women before returning to her. Uh, and then she has the memories of them mutilating her once the, the beetles go inside her. I know you're uh, uh, again. I know you're caught up on what we do in the shadows now. Because I've, I've seen you tweet uh, about, just it. about, um, but you've yeah. you've gone through the like the genie stuff in the, in the most recent season. Yeah, um, this yeah. has this has big like I'm gonna like this defigure everybody so that I'm beautiful has that big like make everybody else's dick in the world smaller so mine's the biggest yeah, in the world. Like, well, good catch, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, that's, so dude. Good. That is one of my uh, favorite it, jokes uh, of all time. Like I love that. That's so yeah. fucking hysterical. We we only have a couple more episodes left, but we're going to a film festival this weekend. Uh, so unlikely we'll be able to finish it this weekend, but we're almost done, uh, and I'm I'm very excited. It is a good season. Yeah, dude. I, the this is I I did not want to spoil anything when they were doing with um uh fuck I can't remember his name the uh, Colin Robinson Colin Robinson this season. Like I kept asking you if you were on the yeah. season yet because I was like yeah. Gary's gonna lose his fucking mind at this. It, <laughs> it's it's really good. The uh, also uh, man. This the running thing with one of my favorite jokes in the show is Matt Berry is Laszlo, uh, just being very credulous and taken in by any kind of marketing <laughs> or modern thing. So like yeah. when he was in the Best Buy and they're like, "Oh, I could show you this," and he's like, "Do tell." <laughs> uh, this one with him being into that Property Brothers show, uh, and just like that's what you're wrong. Josh and Gad face the biggest challenge yet. Like he just like believes the TV. <laughs> So, so good, good dude matt, matt barry is fucking pr- i was really worried when that I, when that show was coming on because i love the movie so much and i was like there's no way this is going to be as good as the movie and now i think it is probably how is it better it's better yeah, like, than it, yeah absolutely significantly better and i love that movie uh yeah <laughs> it, fucking a, man. it's like it's, it's like the best show it is just a treat uh, man it's like i can't i mean the stuff uh, that happens at the end like is it's is really funny too like the whole fucking se- season is just it was hysterical from start to finish for me the whole fucking vampire club situation with the wraiths and everything i just it, love it it's a really good season i'm I'm way into it super super good uh so puke beetle lady uh she's pestilence yes uh and then we cut over uh to persia uh where we have our our death Mm -hmm. here i'm trying to find his name sanjar uh sanjar uh who stole rare treasures 
from his masters, uh, you know, cause he felt he was owed, uh, kind of like an Aladdin thing almost, uh, here, you know, and, uh, he ended up getting his, his power yeah. through this to transmit a spectrum of terminal diseases, depending on which variety of metal he touches. Uh, so it started off with a lamp, but he doesn't summon a genie. He summons disease. Yep. Um, and yep. Apocalypse is like, yep. Make preparations. These, these will be my final horsemen. Um, and we go from that yep. to the, the current timeline where all of our X-Force team are, uh, laid out on the ground. Um, and this is the reason that we are seeing this is because Psylocke was using her powers to see into their minds. Um, and, and she's relaying what all of their powers are because, you know, a big thing about the X-Men and that is something I like about this book is like, Oh, we actually have to like know what the fuck we're fighting to be able to fight it. Right. Like we could, we don't, we, we, yeah. we came in here not knowing what any of their powers were at all. Yeah. We didn't know who those guys are at all. They're all from different time periods. Yeah. Like, how are we supposed to know with these guys? Uh, and they're, they're just kind of doing what they can. They're all on the ground being racked with disease. You see, like, the, the pustules on their skin, but she's doing intelligence because the X-Men, you know, don't give up. Uh, we cut over to Apocalypse's teacher. And he's like, what are your instructions? They're weak and they failed. Uh, they failed. They tried to assassinate you. You should kill them. And he's a kid. He's like, I, I don't want to kill anybody. You know, that's, that's not what we do. Uh, and the, the old man kind of notices this is going to be tricky. He's like, you make it so we can get away, like prepare the ship. Yeah. And this is like, uh, he speaks to the old woman as it says ship, you know, make ready. This is the first time I was clued in. Yes. That this was an AI. Like I was like, I don't know who this old chick is. Yes. This is kind of weird, but okay. Now I'm, now I'm into it. Yeah. Now I make, makes sense. And he, he betrays apocalypse here. Like apocalypse says he does not want to kill anybody. And he's like, your Lord has judged them too feeble to linger kill them all you know he's trying to lead from the back like be the mm -hmm. the vizier that has the actual power here uh, uh meanwhile our no, death no is, notices that wolverine is trying to uh bide his time for his healing factor to to, to and to heal himself it's just enough to him to fight and it already has <laughs> like he, he literally sees this happening wolverine attacks immediately afterwards uh and yeah. we get like a, a yellow dialogue box for his his thoughts um and uh he just is basically saying like he's going to go completely feral to to go to fight this dude uh and of course like this dude's whole thing is transmitting disease via metal and wolverine is a lot metal so this is not going to go well for him yeah yeah uh he's also they're showing that he's good at fighting as well you know here the uh the death can also fight with the blade they're fighting um we uh betsy you know says like hey phantom x like let me into your brain uh and he does it and what betty does betsy does is turn off uh his his brain his biosonic consumption so the drum will stop affecting him you know um she says like i can't heal us you know but i can make i can turn off the pain you know so we can we can fight back uh and as this is happening war notices them talking and smashes her in the head yes uh yells at her to lie down like your prisoners quit talking uh, we go back uh, over to Wolverine and Death, who are doing some blade fighting that looks really fucking cool. And as Wolverine like stabs him in the in the stomach with all six blades, uh, the dude just smiles and is like, "You don't really know what my powers are, do you?" <laughs> like we gotta, yeah, we're gonna like. And then Wolverine realizes too late that this is what the guy wanted. Um, and then all of a sudden we get this like he transmit this weird disease into Logan, and we see like him almost literally melting. Um, every yeah. terminal disease that has ever fallen man surging in succession to short circuit and overwhelm your immune system evolution prevails. 
Yeah. Very cool. Uh, the uh, war walks away with Betsy because keep in mind that Fandom X told him that he was in love with her, you know, before, like way back in the, the issue one um, or issue uh, issue two. Uh, as this is happening, Phantom X is fighting the uh, the beetle lady and he uses his illusion powers to summon her father uh, there uh, to dress her down and slap her. But really, it's Phantom X. And he knocks her out. Yes. Um, his illusion power is crazy powerful in this book. Yeah, yeah, and I think it needs to be like you need to give Phantom X something, something yeah, yeah. else to do to to match in. And I, I, I like, well, I like that he it was works. just an acrobat with guns. Yeah, exactly. Before it was, you know, it it would have just been. There's way too much duplication in terms of verb set to make the action scenes exciting in the old X Force. So like doing this spices them up tons. And it's also something that's like, I feel like this is a power that is like uniquely a comic book thing like it would be very hard to make this work in any other medium right like it would be obviously books but like this really really like sings on in a comic book because you could just literally draw it and it just looks like you could see exactly what he wants it to look like i think it's just really cool like i like i like this whole thing i guess is what i'm saying yeah it's a little bit like when the um the guardians of the galaxy thought they got the infinity stone because thanos made them think they got it yeah exactly uh, infinity war Mm -hmm. it's like that kind of thing so uh, very, very powerful. Um, we cut over to uh, our other X-Force members who are in real bad shape. Uh, Deadpool has been had the ship beaten out of him and Archangel, who's starving. You know, uh, Archangel kind of crawls towards him, um, makes a little tent for out of his uh, his Deadpool parachute uh, thing. It looks like he's got really like, a, like a like a just a. a, a a belt like a batman utility belt full of this stuff right like it's hilarious when he slings out a fucking pre pre like a pre-made tent with this just the deadpool logo it's fucking hysterical to me Mm -hmm. it's real good uh they're just to to kind of uh protect warren and warren he is he can looks like he's starving to death you know it's famine got him his auditory cancer and he gives him pop rocks and soda, uh, which he previously had said was a myth about that making him explode. But it's the only food he has on him uh, from that. Uh, the art style mixed with how silly this is, is really good. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, it's also like uh, reading that X Factor run that we just read right before this where uh, Jean Grey gets hit by um, famine and has to go eat a hot dog, like the, a garbage dog. All from- the gro- <laughs> yeah, all those ground hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> like is famine the best x-men villain <laughs> it might be because like you just fall down and have to eat whatever you find on the floor and it's great it's so good <laughs> oh man why are you eating floor chicken um yeah it's yeah so hungry. uh back over to wolverine uh where uh our boy death is just kind of uh you know doing the villain thing right like i've spent decades waiting for this uh and wolverine is doing the narrating of you know my cancer is filling my lungs strokes followed by seizure uh and he and he's, he's trying to like climb or excuse me crawl right back to death who is just like you know be honored in Salvador, prizes your death that, that kind of thing so it's not looking yeah, very good just at all pounding him with disease mm-hmm. you know he's he's pushing past it. it's a classic wolverine uh thing uh we cut over to to war who uh, muscles past some guards. I don't know who these guys are, just some dudes. Yeah, Larry and uh, Tom. There. Oz- <laughs> yeah, Larry and Tom. The Ozymand- Ozymandias, I always forget that. That's the name of Apocalypse's nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, he pushes past him to go into uh, his chamber uh, there. We cut over to uh, you know the, the death guy uh, in Wolverine's face, uh, you know, taunting him, and it turns out he had been using his powers on the... Um, the geisha yeah on pestilence yes 
um, so Phantom X uh, maybe a little OP <laughs> so that he could just switch people out in the middle of a fight. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit much. Like it is good that they powered him up, you know, like as we were saying before. But it just it gets. I don't want it to turn into a uh, ceiling collapsing. Mm-hmm. You know, like it just being the only go to to fight anything, like a one size off solution. Uh, but it's good. It's good here. You know, uh, and he, he there's a limit to it. He's like, you know, I couldn't, I can't maintain this. Um, you know, he knows that I swapped you. Listen, what is our plan of retreat? Like Ava is infected and demolished and Wolverine says we, we're not retreating. We do this or die. And like, they're in really rough shape Yeah. at this point, you know, uh, we have to do it basically. And, and this for, kind of freaks Phantom X out because Wolverine's like, you know, we do this or we die. And he's like, we're, we're all dying right now. Like you're dying. And I've never seen you die before. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like this doesn't happen. Uh, they look in and they see, uh, you know, all the horsemen kind of come back in. They've been defeated uh, here, uh, even though it was basically a draw. Um, and they head into the portal where they, uh, where the Betsy went. Yes. With war. Uh, and we cut over to this, like, really great scene. You know, you expect this to be a fight or something like that. But war is just hanging out in his bed uh, talking to Betsy because he's not felt this in forever. Like, he's been countered by love. You know, he is like, I want to kill you, uh, but I there's a thing I can't ignore it. The man said it, and then it was true. I love you. You know, uh, it's a little bit unclear whether Phantom X has to maintain his misdirections, which like it just said that he did, and this was a misdirection, but he he doesn't have to maintain it. But maybe, you know, maybe this guy wanted to love her anyway. She's Psylocke, like you know, he's he's a maybe he's a fourteen year old boy at heart. Well, I think maybe there's I like. Know and i don't want to get too technical because like that makes i guess that probably makes powers very boring but like he did this with the guards at the when he was stealing the royal gems right like he was like you know i'm an inspector go go for a walk and the guys were like oh you're an inspector which feels different than like yeah. making someone believe uh like like again like it's, see it, something exactly yeah like this is a belief yeah. versus illusion and i feel like this like they're they're playing with that a little bit and honestly i don't care because i was so shocked when i turned the page i fully expected when I saw a war coming in and like dragging Psylocke in, I fully expected for that to be Phantom X using his powers to get inside. Right? I thought so too. And then they, they completely yeah. pulled the rug out from under me. So when this happened, I was I just, it's so funny and good that I didn't care. I was like, this is great. Like, even if it was an accident, right? Like even if uh, Phantom X didn't realize he would believe this forever, right? Like it's sending, yeah. sending someone to count a thousand grains of sand or whatever from preacher. Um, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's weirdly sweet. Yeah. Uh, here too. You know, Betsy plays along with it. She's like, oh, I'm also conflicted. You know, we're on other sides of this, uh, you know, but we, we, we have this uh, desire together. Uh, and he starts, they kind of do like a vice of men. He's like, oh, no one's going to mistreat me again. And she's like, no, no one's going to hurt you again, Decimus. Not anymore. He's like, oh, you know my name. Like, it, it's, he's a simple man. You know, he's, he's, he's a sweet idiot. Uh, she kind of reaches up and pets him and touches his, his chin uh, here. It's like, it's a great little moment and she does it to get close enough. Uh, you know, he mentions, he's like, ah, you know, my rage is faded in your company. My lust for war is faded. And she uses opportunity to stab him in the head. Yep. You know, your mind is no longer guarded by it. Now I can do this without getting infected and take you out. Uh, that was his, you know, that was what was protecting him to begin with. Um, we go over to the ship's AI who is leading, uh, young apocalypse to safety because this whole thing is about to teleport. Uh, and you know, young apocalypse just says ship where there will always be bad people trying to kill me. And the ship says, yes, it will be easier once you were able to rule the world, which is a great, yeah. Yeah, it will be easier. Like I'm not, no, yes. no lies detected. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, we cut over Wolverine and Phantom X uh, sneaking their way in uh, to do this, uh, kind of planning this fight. Uh, but then the uh, the ship starts taking off here. Uh, the place starts going down around their ears. It doesn't really take off. It teleports, mm-hmm. you know, but it's same thing. It still creates a big blast uh, crater. Uh, we cut over to Deadpool and Warren. Uh, Warren has ceased to be responsive. Um, you know, Apocalypse is playing with uh, his toys here, but uh, Betsy has snuck into his room. Uh, this panel, this which point. is like uh, one fifth ass cheek, is extremely funny and a great man. I really, really, and like, yeah, yeah. 100%, like, it's funny and it's good. Like, it doesn't even feel like gratuitous for some reason to me, but like, it's just, mm-hmm. it is just a really cool shot, especially because her sword is on the other side. Like, she came in to kill and she sees this child playing with his toys. Um, and yeah. that's where we end it with her, like, walking towards him uh, as, you know, presumably she's about to murder this child. Yeah, the ship has teleported away, but Betsy's on it. Mm-hmm. You know, is uh, is the implication here, or about to teleport away if it if it hasn't quite. Um, on to issue four, uh, with a really cool cover of like all of our X Force team, like kind of s- uh, converging upon a tiny baby apocalypse in the corner. Uh, really cool looking, yeah. uh, and also just like a, an interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, playing with little toys, playing with action figures. Uh, there. Uh, we start off with uh, Wolverine pulling himself out of rubble, uh, digging out Phantom X. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the ship's about to teleport away. The whole area is crumbling around them. And he's like, you know, do something. We have to, uh, we have to stop this. Uh, I love this little bit. Uh, Wolverine says, you know, you, you follow me, you faux French son of a bitch. Do it. <laughs> and uh, he's, you know, the condescension is unnecessary. Wolverine's like, well, it can't hurt. Uh, their, their dynamic is cute, and it's it's interesting what he's what he's asking Phantom X to do, which is trick the ship into thinking that it's already teleported. Um, yeah, and it, I mean that's again leaning into this misdirect power is just really really cool. <laughs> like it's just fun. Yeah. Um, and of course it, yeah. it, it works. Like it's uh, and Phantom X is kind of confused. Like how did you know that it could be tricked? He's like I just he, Wolverine's like I guessed. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh. <laughs> uh there's, there's a great, you know, he's d- disappointing. I thought it was because of my unique sentient vessel. He's like, there's nothing unique about you. Uh, just like really fucking brutal. Uh, you know, very good. Uh, we cut over to the Deadpool tent uh, where Deadpool is feeding uh, Archangel meat, you know, baby birding him a bunch of meat. Uh, and this, this is a great, this is horrible and awesome. Uh, Archangel's eating. He's like, oh, where, you know, where did you get this? And we, we pull out, we see Deadpool. He says, if I tell you, do you promise to keep eating? He's using a knife to slice off bits of his arm uh, to feed him because he'll regenerate. God, so gross and cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm into it. It's super gross and cool. Yeah, yeah. totally into it. Uh, uh, yeah. Just super gross. Very good. Um, yeah. On the ship, uh, uh, Osmandius is demanding that the ship jump, and the ship, in the form of this little, little old lady, is like, I already have. Like, we're good. We're there. And we're, we're, we're already there. And she's like, no, we're not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and eventually, yeah, go anywhere. And he tells one of his I, bird people to, like, disconnect the AI entirely so they can take control directly of the ship. So here for these weird bird people that don't get any text or explanation. Who cares? <laughs> bird people in bikinis. Yep, it's, it's, <laughs> we're, we're just into it's, it. It's great. It's a cool old Egyptian iconography. Uh, the ship tells him there's an intruder on board uh, at this point. Uh, and he, he's like, you know, I know you idiot. Uh, they disconnect. Um, they, uh, he sends the henchmen. There's a bunch of Namors standing around. Yeah. 
and he he sends all these Namor. He's like, you know, the X Men will be on you any moment. Uh, you know, fight them, and they're like, we're more than ready for them. Wolverine's listening. He's like, you know, I'm all one for hyperbole, but I'm not buying that one. And they uh, they jump down. And he kills a bunch of Namors. I don't know how else to describe them. They're just they're uh, just a bunch of Namors. Yeah, it looks exactly like. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just a bunch of Namors minus the little uh, ankle wings. Um, and I, yeah, ah, dude. I, it just looks like it just looks like Namor's. I'm with you 100. percent Yeah, Namor's and a couple bird ladies, bird Namor's. Um, but yeah, uh, Phantom X and Wolverine take out all the goons. We we haven't had a, like a a stop for a little bit. Yeah, uh, and of course you know. more run out after they get finished killing. Um, and then we get like a a big spread of more murder uh, until uh, eventually the horsemen show up, which is about the only thing that can stop it. Um, and we we see Logan just filled with insects, and he just collapses. Yep. Uh, as Phantom X is getting choked in a magic carpet, uh, the guy's secondary power. Uh, they go down, and they look like they are they are dead. Of course, uh, you know they're talking about they're all congratulating themselves, but this, of course, was a misdirection. Um, the and they are on a zone. Uh, is this the moon? Where where are they actually at? I don't I don't know. I feel like they yeah. d- did they teleport them oh, somewhere else. It, here it is. Yeah, e- Eva. They he put them on Eva, and Eva dropped them on a planet. So they, that's a lot of misdirection. It's a lot of misdirection, <laughs> yeah, dude. Like it's an extreme <laughs> yeah. amount of misdirection. <laughs> it's very confusing. Just a uh, Omega level mutant Phantom X uh, here, more powerful than the Dark Phoenix. Um, yeah, he, they, he sent them to a planet basically. So, uh, all of them except for war, yeah. uh, are, are stuck on there and out of the fight for now. Um, I also like the we fact that like, it. uh, Phantom Axe has co- collapsed and Wolverine has to carry him now, like piggyback. It's very funny. Yeah. Very cute. He even said, he's like, I've never attempted a misdirection of such magnitude or for so long, you know? Uh, and that's why Wolverine has to carry him. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause, uh, He's sick. Um, they, uh, they're they making their way off. You know, again, everyone's trying to find Apocalypse and get him here. Betsy's the only one who knows anything about it. I love Ozymandias, like, realizing that the horsemen are gone. Or, like, they just they just got on the ship and left? <laughs> like, how is that possible? <laughs> he, is, Damn he is just as incredulous as <laughs> like, I am. <laughs> uh, he sees that Psylocke is in uh, Apocalypse's chamber. He doesn't see Apocalypse, though. So, I don't know, did he still live? Uh, they can't tell with the ship's intelligence down. And this is where Archangel and Deadpool uh, bust in. And Archangel just mercs Ozymandias, like slices him up. Because, again, he's not fucking around. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And they, they very quickly make their way to Apocalypse's chamber, where they break open the door, uh, meet up with Wolverine and uh, um, Phantom X. And then they find Betsy, Psylocke, uh, but standing in front of Child Apocalypse. And the first thing she says is, you will not harm a child on this, or harm a hair on this child's head. Uh, so she is stopping them from their primary objective, which is killing Apocalypse. And, and before this, they'd shown, they'd, uh, inside Warren's head, he was gearing up. Mm-hmm. Like the, the evil voice is like, you know, you will take your place at your master's side. And him being like, no, I will not. You know, he, he's having this internal struggle. No one was expecting this, yeah. you know, to, to come in and have a teammate uh, guarding Apocalypse. Um, you know, they, Wolverine tries to calm everybody down, but Apocalypse is, or uh, Archangel is really amped up. You know, it doesn't matter if man or child, the result's going to be the same. 
that's not an innocent child. That's a bloodthirsty monster. And Betsy's like, no, it's a kid. Like we can't kill this kid for what he might do. You know, what would that make us heroes? Like we'd stop the Armageddon that he's going to cause. This is what he does. And Akaba made this doe-eyed child to deceive you. You know, this, this is all part of the plan. This is a defense mechanism. And Betsy pulls out the big guns when, um, you know, because Archangel says there is no rehabilitating that thing. And she said, you know, would you not extend the same clemency that we afforded you? Like, what if we had just let you, what if we had just abandoned you when you became infected by Archangel? Like, why can't we, uh, you know, help him? And of course, this like sets off his like internal battle. So Archangel takes over more control. Like, and he's, he's battling like, serve your master, kill these assassins, kill them all, protect your master. No, kill the boy. You know, he's going back and forth. And like, Betsy is like, oh, we're, we're about to we're about to pop off. We're about to start fighting. And, and, yeah, yeah. and they do like, he starts slinging his blades at, at Betsy and she starts, you know, she has to, she has to defend herself against him. Yep. Uh, while this is happening, the rest of the team are staying there and angels like Logan do it. You know, since I'm distracted, Logan pops claws. Uh, Betsy gets the better of Archangel and is about to stab him. And then Logan's like, no, Betsy's right. Like we shouldn't do this. Like we, you know, it's a kid. We can't do this. Uh, Archangel says, you know, I agree we shouldn't, but we must. And gets up and stabs them and starts walking towards the kid. Uh, this is great. Like, you know, I know what's inside you. You put a piece of it in me. You'll grow to hurt millions of people. And Kid Apocalypse is like, I won't. I swear. You know, he, he's a kid. He's scared. He's crying uh, there. He's like, you can't help yourself. Uh, this is what you're going to be. Uh, and then Angel stops himself at the last minute. He he just uh, basically the, the good side. He, he collapses and says like I can't do this. God help us all. I can't do this. Like he just he yeah. he is not able to murder a child, which is you know a good thing. <laughs> this is a, this is a good thing. Yeah. Like you know for all the arguments about baby Hitler, like it still sucks to kill a baby. Like you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And Wolverine is I do it. Wolverine is like it's but yeah. yeah <laughs> why would yeah. you do that? <laughs> like, yeah, of course I would try it. Like, yeah, like, why did you do that? Like, he's, he's real bad. He did a Holocaust. Uh, um, and Wolverine is like, you did the right move. Yeah. We're going to take him back. Like, we'll rehabilitate him. We'll, we'll train him. Like, this will be, like, he's think, already thinking, like, the Xavier method. Uh, and before he can even get, like, complete that sentence, we hear a gunshot as everybody looks around and realizes that Phantom X has just fucking murdered this child. Just shot him in the head. Yeah. Uh, obviously a redirect, right? Like, obviously a misdirect, rather. Uh, and I think that's probably why they have him do the misdirect so many times to, to hammer home his abilities. Uh, yeah. That you can't trust things that Phantom X does mm-hmm. in the, in the thing, like he misdirects the reader as well as the characters in the book, you know, uh, we're going to get into this later. Yeah. Uh, but they, they don't, they're all shocked. They don't really have time to like debate it because the ship starts shaking and they have to get out before it teleports. Yep. Uh, uh, Phantom yeah. X like closes the kid's eyes. Uh, they all load back up on Eva. Uh, on the ship, Warren um has like his again. Like this is why I was asking. Like his angel wing. Like this he looks like he took his mask off because he's got like Warren Worthington's head and Archangel's like wings at this point. Um, but it doesn't matter. I don't actually care this much. Uh, but yeah. everybody looks a little fucked up about this mission. Like everybody is quiet. Um, Deadpool just looks confused, which is, you know, appropriate. And then we just see them flying back towards earth as we, we end this particular arc. Um, and yeah, like, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> like either you, either you catch on that, like, Oh, this is probably misdirect. Or you think like, Oh, we just murdered a kid. Like our team did a mission and murdered a child at the end of it. Like that sucks. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to get into that. 
but the next arc is an alternate reality arc uh, where they start bringing in Deathlock, which if you had asked me in a million years whether I would like a comic with Deathlock or think Deathlock was cool, I would say no. Uh, but he's cool in this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and this next arc with like this alternate reality and, and everything is really cool. Yeah, and, and um, Deathlock being around this team is, was something that really, really surprised me as someone who like was there for the inception of Deathlock and was like, yeah, this should be cool. Like, I, I see why you guys made this and I see why you made it for me, but like, it's still not that cool. <laughs> like, I remember thinking yep. that. Like, somehow you missed the mark on this. Um, but it, like, this really, really fucking nails it. I think I'm like 99% certain I've told you this before, but like, also Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the TV show spent like eight years and made a cool Deathlock character during that eight years, which is fucking wild to me. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. You did tell me about that. Like they did a good Ghost Rider. Mm -hmm. They did good Deathlock. They did a few uh, good Absorbing Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Huh. Maybe someday I'll watch it. <laughs> no, you will not. not? <laughs> you will not watch a hundred yeah, and like twenty. Or, I think it's like a hundred and thirty episodes. Like, they're all forty-five minutes long. Yeah. Like there's absolutely no way. There's that's that's a year of my life. I can't do. That. <laughs> I think the math on that stretches out. Um, yeah, a great opening arc. Like, it, I wish I had read this when it came out because it would have, like, hooked me in at the time, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, just really compelling stuff. And, yeah, I'm really excited to, uh, to keep up with it. Yeah. Uh, and continue covering it. Um, if you like this episode, uh, the best way to support us is to go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Uh, donating a small amount of money there per month will get you all kinds of cool, exclusive podcasts, uh, as well as access to the Slack channel, uh, as well as, um, well, we don't do early feed anymore. Uh, all kinds of cool stuff. Bunch of bunches, hours and hours and hours of, of exclusive content. Um, and, and mm -hmm. Gary will t call you on the phone and personally thank you for every donation. So you should definitely <laughs> the, check uh, that out. <laughs> we got, we got miles of smiles, uh, for you. That would actually be um, a little bit of a cool donation incentive. Like, but if it didn't involve like, so much work like if you oh somebody knowing my phone yeah, exactly yeah. yeah yeah but if you like I, <laughs> <laughs> uh there, there's you know there's google voice and stuff like that but i'm i'm kind of good i i don't uh it's real weird that my entire job is is basically talking on the phone mm -hmm. and then the second it comes to actually talk on the phone i want to die absolutely 100 <laughs> percent. yeah i hate it so this much this is fine if it's for content it's fine i'm happy if I'm just talking. I just, I turn miserable. Like I have friends from back home. They're like, Hey, we should schedule a phone call. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. We'll do that. And then <laughs> no. <laughs> I would just rather die. I, I love them so much and I would love to hang out with them. I just yeah, absolutely. have no interest whatsoever in talking on the phone. It's, really, it's not like, do you have any interest in talking about fallout three? <laughs> Cause we can, yeah, I'd rather schedule like, a podcast somehow, about fallout than talk to you on the phone. Yeah. Can, can we somehow record this and <laughs> it can be about something? and then i'll be okay oh man uh, that's it's very funny yeah. yeah i don't uh it's it's weird one time uh chris and i had to get on a phone call because uh a company wanted to sponsor monster of the week and they were like let's set up a call and it was one of the few very very it's the only time as a matter of fact that any of this sponsor stuff has been like remotely interesting to me so i was like i think we mm -hmm. should do this and so like i had to call chris on the phone and it felt dramatically different than just jumping on like a discord call or whatever like it was like this is fucking weird your voice sounds different we somebody's gonna yep. call us this is just strange i don't do not like this it, it's it's absolutely fucked like you and i like can hang out in real life and and be fine mm -hmm. like you and i could sit down at a, at a place and just talk about non-content and be happy but if you make that over a phone not in a million, not, not million years, years. <laughs> it's really yeah and i used to do it like but you know my friend Derek came and visited i was remembering how he and i used to put on the same movie like we'd watch hbo 
and just have the phone on. And we wouldn't talk like the whole time. We'd talk every few minutes, like when something happened. Mm-hmm. But we just be like, hey, man, do you want to watch Batman? Like Batman's going to be on. And we would just watch like 1989 Batman sitting on a couch, mostly silent while on the phone. I wanted to be on the phone, even if I was not, you know, talking. I just liked the phone. Dude, I, I remember Fucking spending bizarre. hours on the phone with like girls at, in my teenage years, right? Like, oh, like yeah. talking to a girl for the same girl, like not just just like for like three hours or something. <laughs> and I think about it now, and I'm like, I mean, me and Autumn may get like forty five minutes of direct conversation a day. <laughs> like, we're busy, yeah. we got shit to do. Uh, but it just makes me wonder, like, what the fuck was the teenage Jeremy have to talk about for three fucking hours? Like, what was I doing? Just I have no idea. Man, it's, well, and it's funny because people will say like, oh, you know, the art of conversation is dead. Like, oh, you don't even just like talk to your wife. Like, what are we going to like? I don't know. We we know each other. Uh, the idea of just sitting down and just talking for, for a very, very long time, like that can be very good. You know, that can be a, a great experience. It's not the kind of thing you should really be expected to do on the regular, I think. Yeah. Like, Autumn and I will, uh, like, I said 45 minutes, and I'm, I'm actually correcting that in my head because, like, probably, like, when we're, obviously, like, we'll hang out and, like, watch TV and chat over that, but, like, when we're make, we make dinner every night, right? Like, we usually, Autumn likes to cook, so she, we usually make a meal every single night, and, like, I hang out in the kitchen and we bullshit and all that, and, and that's fine. But, like, if she's out of town, and I'm and I'm at the house. Like she calls and like, oh hey, I'm back at the hotel. Love you, bye. <laughs> like we don't spend. Yeah. Uh, how was your day? Okay, yeah, good. Okay, we like we do a little check in, but we don't spend more than like maybe fifteen. Like neither one of us want to at, at that point because like if she's yeah. out of town, she's probably been working all day, and both of our jobs is talking to people. So we don't when we get done, we're like, okay, I'm done with this. I don't want to do anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Like you got to be able to turn off. Mm-hmm. You know. So speaking of which. Let's turn off this podcast. Let's turn off this Thanks podcast. for listening. Yeah. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. it. Uh, you can leave us ratings, reviews, tell your friends. If you uh, want to write in, go to daysoffuturecast.com. I think there's a contact button on there. Uh, if we're, we haven't done a, a listener episode or uh, a feedback episode in a long, yeah, long time. So if you want to talk to us about X Factor or this run or MCU stuff or whatever, just just let us know. We're, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that at some point, probably after this run when we're done. So... In the meantime, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time with more X-Force.